Welcome to the Your Life Rocks podcast, where we believe life balance is possible. Yes, even for you. This show is designed to help working moms focus on the things that matter most in life, helping you balance all that life has for you with practical tips from one working mom to another. My name is Jenny Semmerman, and I am so glad that you're here to hang out with me today. You know, today we have the privilege of being joined by one of my favorite guests that we've had in the past, and it's hard for me to say that because we've had a lot of really great guests, but you know when you find someone that is just so in alignment with everything that you believe and you just kind of click? Well, that's this girl. We originally met on Instagram of all places, and as I got to learn more about her message and who she was and what her business was all about, it was in so much alignment with everything that we do here at Your Life Rocks that I had her on the show initially. She's been active in our Facebook group and in our membership, and I'm so delighted to have her back again today to share. Our guest today is Lindsay Young. She's a certified transformational nutritional coach and certified strength and conditioning specialist, and she lives in sunny Southern California. She's a wife, a mama of three, a food enthusiast, an embracer of imperfection. Now, if you don't love her already for that, (laughs) then you should. Now, Lindsay specializes in helping busy women develop a nutrition and lifestyle plan that fits into their real life so that they can gain health without losing their minds. Amen, right? Now, she also believes that eating healthy can be simple, beautiful, and easy. And this is what first drew me to her when I found her on Instagram was, one, she had really beautiful images, but then also everything was so balanced and she had such a great mindset about everything that she was teaching. Now, because Lindsay's approach to wellness focuses on real food and real life contexts, She helps her clients develop a modern approach to a healthy life that is sustainable and joyful in their homes and out in the real world where we all actually live. She believes living can mean eating chocolate and enjoying happy hour, learning to trust your body and embracing food freedom. And today she's going to be sharing a little bit about this whole idea of food freedom and what it looks like to have this be a lifestyle. And after we kind of discuss this and what it means to be a Christian and how all of these things kind of fit together, she has five amazing tips for us all and how we can actually make this part of our lifestyle. So I know you are going to absolutely love my interview with Lindsay. And for our Life Balance members, she has a special gift for all of you. We'll be adding it to the resources section of our membership. And if you are a member, you probably already got an email about this last week so that you could use it with your weekly prep. Yep, that's right. She has put together a full menu for you, making it nice and easy for your weekly prep. So you can actually start living out the things that she is talking about with us in this episode right now. I'm trying to make it as easy for you to apply it as possible. So without further ado, let's get into my interview with Lindsay. Lindsay, welcome back to the show. I'm so excited to have you as one of our guests here at Your Life Rocks. Again, you are such a treasured guest and such a vast vault of wisdom when it comes to healthy eating. So I'm so excited to have you back on the show. Thank you, Jenny. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to talk to your audience today about you know, how you can be a good steward of your body and make healthy living a real lifestyle. And I just love your community. So I'm super excited to be here. 
Well, we love you and we love everything that you have to share because it really does align so perfectly with everything that we talk about here as far as balanced living, balanced life, and really living for God first above everything else. And we're going to get into all of that. But before we do, what's new with you? What's going on with you and your family since last time we had you on? Gosh, well, this time of year is so fun for us because it's baseball season and my oldest plays baseball. So we are really in the thick of that and just all the, you know, all the fun kid after school activities. And I love this time of year just as far as my business goes, because everyone kind of has this renewed sense of motivation going into the beginning of the year and just a little bit more kind of bandwidth after the holidays. So gosh, it's just been such a fun time with my clients, just getting great results and everyone is just kind of super focused. And yeah, so everything's really good. I love that. And I, you know, as we're kind of moving into springtime and it's, you know, now March, which seems nuts that it's March already. Yeah. It feels like it was just New Year's. And it is kind of that time that I think, you know, cause like right around the first part of, of January, people kind of start really focusing in on their health, but then real life kind of comes into play. And then you know, around March, the sun starts to shine and we remember like, oh yeah, we're <laughs> shorts and tank tops soon. I should probably rethink about this. So I'm so glad that you're on because I, I think that there's like a mental process that we all kind of go through around this time of year. And I know that that's exactly what you're going to be addressing with us today and how we can really have that more of a balanced approach. And, you know, one of the things I really appreciate about everything that you talk about is while you are having clients get great results and turning their life around and and being really healthy and helping them make healthy choices. And I'm sure a lot of them are seeing weight loss as part of that result, but that's not really like your primary motivation, right? Right. Absolutely. I mean, of course we all love that satisfaction that comes from seeing aesthetic changes in the mirror, right? And for so many of the women I work with, that's kind of the gateway. That's kind of that nudge, you know, just kind of looking at themselves and thinking, gosh, I wish, I I know I could do better in some of these areas. And then once they start, you know, really embracing this holistic approach to health, you know, it's the freedom that comes from not having your cravings run your life. It's that just sense of peace, knowing that what you're putting into your body is really fueling you and you're living intentionally because of that. So it's so much more. I mean, I always kind of say that the, you know, we see that the weight loss is kind of the icing on the cake and it's all of that other, it's that, it's that hope again. It's that energy again, that is, you know, really what, what my clients end up talking about more than actually it's like, oh yeah, And by the way, you know, I also lost 15 pounds. I love it. I love that that's kind of an afterthought because it is usually like that first thought. Right. Like you're right. Like when you're either your pants just don't fit the way that they used to, or you see a picture of yourself or, you know, you're looking in the mirror and you kind of have that moment where you're like, oh my gosh, I really have to do something about my weight. And then that's when we start to really look at food and what we're eating and researching all of the different diet plans and everything that are out there. Mm -hmm. So share with me a little bit on your thought around some of these diet plans, because especially, you know, going into the new year, there's all of these very radical eating plans and they're very structured and very limiting. And what are your thoughts on, on those specific type of plan? I don't want to mention anyone in particular. want to go ahead, but (laughs) but if you want to mention any of them, feel free. But what are your thoughts on some of those type of plans versus more of like a holistic approach of just healthy eating? 
Yeah, that's such a good question. I think, you know, a lot of people connect like eating health, quote unquote, eating healthy with just trying to lose weight. And they kind of separate that part of their life from their real life. Like it's in two different boxes, right? Like eating healthy is just for, you know, that during those times when you have a weight loss goal or you're trying to lose weight. And when you're not trying to, you get to eat all the other foods that you actually <laughs> like, right? And right, exactly. Good. And so you're either on or you're off. You're either eating you know, quote unquote, good or quote unquote, bad. And you're either in one camp or the other. And I think that there, you know, there are a couple problems with that mindset. Um, you know, and the first being that if we don't, we think that if, you know, if we're fine with the way our weight is, and we are happy with what we see when we look in the mirror, then there's no motivation to eat healthy or to be intentional about taking care to notice how the food we eat is potentially affecting our health. Because this lifestyle isn't just, you know, it's not just for people who need to lose weight, right? It's for all of us. And then one of the other problems I see is just that, you know, making these shifts towards eating healthy, it becomes all about the scale or all about an aesthetic goal. And it's, we kind of become at war with our body and we're not using food as nourishment and as a way to love our body. We're kind of trying to like more beat it into submission. And I think that that's where you can easily cross over from being dedicated to kind of becoming obsessed. I like to see, I really just love this more holistic approach because it's not, you know, there are no, there are no good foods or bad foods, right? Food is just food and you're not good or bad for eating them. You're not, you don't have to be on or off. It's really just more of how to take these principles and these, you know, these tips and these decisions that you're making and make it more of a lifestyle day in, day out. And you don't have to ever be on or off. It's just the way that you live. I, and this is why I think that you are such a, a, a beautiful blend for everything that we do here at Your Life Rocks is because that's exactly what we talk about. Like mm-hmm. it's one of those mentalities that's not just about the food that we eat or being on a diet or not being on a diet. Because I find with a lot of people, especially in our membership, it's either I am planning and organized or I'm a chaotic mess. Like mm-hmm. there's, you know what I mean? It's always like the polar opposites versus just finding that spot in the middle where you can live it out day in, day out, regardless of the circumstances that are going on around you or, you know, cause even like when you were talking about what's, what's new in your life and what you're excited about right now, it's like baseball and all these after school activities where some people might be like, Oh my gosh, it's a crazy time of year where yeah. wild and nuts and out of control. But it, again, it kind of goes back to that mindset piece. So what do you find to kind of help your clients find that middle ground from that all or nothing mentality? Mm, yeah, I mean, it really is. It's all about the mindset that you have going into it. I think that having weight loss goals or aesthetic goals is okay. I think there's nothing wrong with that. And I know that there's this really large movement right now for body acceptance, no matter what size you are and loving your body, you know, no matter, you know, how many curves you have. And, and I love that. And I think it's so amazing and wonderful. But I also think that it's not just because you want to lose weight, there's nothing, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. And that it's possible to really love who you are and, you know, where you are on your journey while also still having a desire to better yourself. I don't think you have to be in, you know, again, I don't think you have to be in one camp or the other. Just the differentiator is where your mindset is and what your motivators are and what is that why behind your goals. And I've seen, you know, I've seen both sides of the spectrum. I've seen women with these bodies, you know, these amazing bodies 
bodies that by the world standards are perfect. And inside, they're full of self-loathing and dissatisfaction. And I've also seen women who, you know, when they, when they realize, when they get in touch with how much they really love and appreciate their body and they look at this as more of a form of self-care, then they kind of by accident achieve that body that they always wanted because they've done the work on the inside first. So I think it's all about your mindset and your motivators and, you know, tapping into what are the real whys that you have? What are the reasons why you want to make dietary changes or you want to focus on your health or you want to, to change your lifestyle? I love that. And so do you, like when you're talking about like motivators, do you tend to talk to your clients about things outside of the scale, knowing that that number one motivator is either going to be a scale or a clothing size or, you know, a certain part of their body looking a certain way. Do you help them kind of find other motivators, whether it be how they feel or how they sleep or, you know, other things like that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're always looking at different ways that they're kind of measuring their progress or their success or because, you know, and I've worked with women who hit that weight loss goal, they get that number that they originally put down as like their goal weight. They're not any happier than they were when they walked in the door. And after I was seeing clients like that, that were hitting that goal, and then they're like, well, maybe I just need to lose five more pounds. Or, you know, when it was when it's all focused on just weight loss and just the scale, I started to realize like, okay, there's so much, there's so much more to this than, you know, happiness being when I hit that certain number. And so, you know, definitely when I start working with clients, we walk through, you know, just what do they, you know, what do they visualize their healthiest self? Like, when they picture that person in the mirror and they may just think like it's when I hit that certain number on the scale, like I encourage them to take a step back and look at what else in their life is going well. What else, what else does their life look like? What is their energy like? What is their digestion like? What are their relationships like? What is, you know, what's their sex drive like? Like it's so much more than just, I'm going to be happy when I hit that number on the scale. There's definitely a whole body, whole life aspect to it. Absolutely. And this is one thing that I love about everything that you share. So if, if you're not getting emails from Lindsay, if you're not following her on Instagram, you need to be doing both of those because she shares so much wisdom just about food and the effects it has on our body outside of, you know, what we look like or the scale or anything of that kind of motivation. And I know for me, like I really have to pay attention to my food when it comes to my mood. Cause I can tell like if I'm having too much sugar, like I will get really emotional. (laughs) So like I've made that correlation. If I feel like I'm PMSing, even if I'm not PMSing, it's probably because I'm having too much sugar. And so I, you know, you, I've learned that enough about myself to kind of correlate that a little bit to my food. And that's one of the things I think you share so beautifully is that connection between the food that we eat and the impact it has on our body. So share with us a little bit more about that and kind of your wisdom that you have to share with that correlation. Yeah, you know, this was so big for me, just in my kind of journey of my own weight loss journey and my own health journey was this like kind of mind blowing realization that the food that we eat directly influences the way that we feel, how we're able to serve and show up in the world, and how we have this opportunity, you know, three plus times a day to really positively or negatively impact our health. And while there are so many other things that influence our health, food is the biggest input. It provides the most control over not only our weight, but our mood, our hormones, our energy, our immune system, our digestion, our skin, and, you know, as well as all of the other 
all the other major things that are that are killing us right now, right? Like diabetes and heart disease and cancer. So food really matters. It matters a lot. It's not really neutral. It's not something that you cannot think about and just accidentally fall into good health if you're not really being intentional with your food. And I mean, you know this from my emails and from my Instagram that I'm, you know, I'm not afraid to put my my tough love hat on and and you know and give it to people straight and tell them that you know well it's not you know it's not about perfection it's not about never eating birthday cake or suffering through your life eating nothing but salads I mean you know this like I eat pancakes and bacon every Sunday morning but it's really you know recognizing that food is either it's either medicine or it's poison it's really you know it's not really neutral the foods that you eat are either building up your health or they're tearing it down and you know if you're not raised in an environment where that's ever talked about or you've never just given it a lot of thought, which I certainly never had, um, then you might just not know. But once you know, you know, now that I've told you, then you're, then you're equipped, then you feel more empowered because you feel like, oh gosh, I get this opportunity to make decisions every day by what I eat to positively impact my health. Now I get to use food as a tool and I don't have to just be scared or feel like a victim or just hope that bad health doesn't happen to me. I really get to get to take charge and be part of this decision-making process. Yes. And that's so much what I love about your message and everything that I learned from you is it is so empowering to know like mental health starts with your gut. Like, and how can you, how can you take care of your gut? And maybe we need to do a whole show just on that topic right there. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cause it's so much, but even like energy and, and you know, like when you're, when you're preparing for the week ahead, like we kind of talk about basic meal planning, but sometimes it's even like knowing what stressors are coming up in your week? How is your sleep schedule probably going to go based off of the, the things that you need to be doing? And how can you prepare your body with food so that you have that energy and you have that clear mental focus and all of that? And that's what I think is so empowering once you can learn about the correlation between food and your body is that you do have that control and you are empowered to kind of make those decisions. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And one of the things I know that you talk about a lot as well is, is just kind of that cultural difference, especially as Christians and being in the world, because sometimes, you know what, it, like my flesh wants a donut, <laughs> whether <laughs> I know it's good for my brain or not. Like there are times where I'm just like, I just, I want something that I know is probably not actually going to be good for me. But mm-hmm. that's why we're always kind of in that place of being in this world and having those fleshly desires. So share with us a little bit about that, just from that Christian perspective, about some of these cravings we might have or how food kind of fits into all of that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, as Christians, we're held to a different standard because we know that our life has meaning and purpose. We know, you know, that we're the hands and feet of Jesus and we have a mission. So taking care of our bodies matters that much more because of whose we are. And, you know, if we think about, we know we've been given this body as a gift and we know we've got work to do, we've got a mission here on earth, then it becomes a high priority to take care of our body, to be a good steward of it, because we know that the better we take care of our the more resilient we become, the more we can give, the more that we can take on. And I think that also, you know, as a Christian, taking care of your body shows gratitude to God. It shows gratitude to him, you know, the one who gave it to us. And I heard this quote once said, junk food is for junk bodies. And while I think it kind of made me laugh and I was like, that's a little bit harsh. (laughs) It's true. Yeah. Because I do think, gosh, of course, like, of course you can have a donut. Of course you can have these other things. But when I thought about it, I was like, oh my gosh, like 
I'm a child of the king. Like I, I don't have a junk body. So when I think about it like that, like I don't, I don't want to fill it with junk food. I know that when I treat my body well, it runs, be- it runs better. And part of that is just, you know, figuring out, and I know we'll talk a little bit about moderation today, but just kind of figuring out what that looks like for you. But I see so many parallels between healthy living and Christian living. And I think that, you know, what we do as Christians is pretty countercultural in a lot of ways, right? Like oh, on totally. Sunday mornings, we wake up early and like, do you know, Jenny, do you know that there's this thing called brunch that people do <laughs> on Sunday mornings? <laughs> and I see them every day when, or every Sunday when I'm driving to church and I'm like, man, that looks really nice. Like, you know, they're all like in their comfy clothes and lined up outside of the restaurant. And, but we do this, you know, countercultural thing on Sunday mornings where we get up and we go to church on Sunday mornings. And, um, you know, we, I think when we're following the example of Jesus in our daily lives, in so many ways, we're doing the opposite of what the world is telling us to do, right? You know, mm-hmm. we, we turn the other cheek. We love people when they don't deserve it. We pray for our enemies. We say you first, but then it, it becomes really easy to turn around and buy right into how the world is telling us to treat our bodies. You know, we say, oh, I had a hard day. So I'm just going to go, you know, eat something because I deserve it. Or, you know, oh, you only live once or, you know, oh, I deserve it. So I'm going to treat myself. Or, you know, we say that we're just, we're too busy. We've got all these activities we packed in our day and we're just too busy to cook and gather around the table as a family. So we're just going to grab fast food and eat dinner in front of the TV. And we've been trained, I think, the more like to be on the lookout for more of the classic ways that the world is trying to steer us away from focusing on Jesus. And we can spot the ways that culture tells us that it's okay to live like everyone else. And we're different as Christians, right? We're different in the way that we talk and the way that we walk and the way that we spend our money. But are we different in the way that we treat our bodies? I think that that's so opens up a whole box of conversation we could have because, you know, I think for so many people, you know, you hit the nail on the head when you said like, I've had a hard day. So therefore this, mm-hmm. and, and that's for me is where I have struggled in the past just with my own journey because food can become an idol. Like it can become something that you, that you turn to instead of God, when you're stressed, when you're celebrating, when you're, you know what I mean? Like it just can replace him in so many ways. And it's very much a gray area and it's a slippery scale. And it's just something that becomes a slow fade because it is so cultural and, and it's so accepted to do those things where, you know, there's some other things the enemy might want to try to replace God with that are not so accepted. And, but this is just one of those like hidden areas that I think we need to put out into the light. And as Christians, we just need to kind of self-examine in our own heart and our own mind to say, is this something that the enemy is using to take us away from God? And, and what can we do about it? Yes. And you're right. It is. It's so subtle. It's so hidden. It's so culturally accepted that it's, you know, it's, it, it's hard to spot that, that, you know, like, is that the message that God is sending me or is that the message that the world is sending me and is accepting these, you know, cultural ideas? Is that steering me away from the direction that I want my life to point towards. One of the things I know that you do so well is we take these concepts, right, of what it's like to be a Christian, what it's like to eat healthy, but like those things are so big and so vague 
and this show is all about bringing it down to the practical tips, the things that we can actually do to move ourselves closer, to provide some clarity. And that's exactly what you are going to do next. So I'm super excited to be learning <laughs> from you because everything we've talked about, like just gets me so hyped up and motivated to really put some attention on this area of my life. So share with us some practical tips. What can we do to kind of create more of that balance so that we can make healthy eating just part of our life. Yes. So to kind of shift our focus here, I want your listeners, I want us all to kind of first think about what we're putting on every single plate. Like when we sit down to breakfast, lunch, and dinner, what's really, you know, what is that food made of? What's what's on that plate before you start eating? And there are four things I suggest to my clients that I really want them to aim to have on every single plate. And those are protein, healthy fat, fiber, and color. So when you make sure that every plate that you have has those four components on it, you are going to make sure that you've got all the building blocks for, you know, the way that you need to build your body. You're going to help balance your blood sugar. So you're not getting those really like those energy spikes and those crashes. You're going to help manage your hunger hormones so that you're not being run by your cravings all day long or feeling hungry an hour after you eat and having to, you know, stop doing what you're doing to go eat again. Um, so by making sure that you've got all those items on every plate, it's really going to help take you from meal to meal to meal and make sure that you've got all that other space in your life so you're not having to be run by food. So when I say, do you want me to kind of walk through like what's included in all of those categories? Yeah, if you could, that would be great. Yeah, so when I say protein, and I'll walk through, I know that people can kind of rewind and or get out a notebook and kind of jot this stuff down. So I'll just go through it kind of quickly. But for most women, you want to make sure that you're getting a minimum of 20 grams of protein in every meal. And where I see a lot of women skimping on this is at breakfast. And then we see later on during the day that they are, they've got cravings, they hit that three o'clock time where they just kind of crash and they're looking for a cup of coffee. And most of the time we trace that back to just not starting breakfast with enough protein. So making sure that you're getting at least 20 grams of protein with every meal. And, you know, depending on your size and your activity level, it might even be up to 30 grams of protein. Wow. But when I say protein, I'm talking about things like chicken and eggs and grass-fed beef and salmon and tuna and even good quality deli meats and things like bacon that are from, you know, pastured organic pigs. All of those are included under that protein umbrella. And then also things like protein powders and collagen, all of that falls under protein as well. So you want to make sure that you're getting a good amount of protein in with every single meal. And then when it comes to healthy fats, a lot of us were raised with kind of a fear of fat. And, and I think now it's becoming more accepted that, wow, fat is actually really healthy for us, especially as women with our hormones. It really helps us manage our hormones. It enables us to absorb the nutrients that are in the foods that we're eating. And it also it helps satisfy us and gives us like satiety between meals. So healthy fats include things like nuts and seeds. So that's going to be like almonds and macadamia nuts and walnuts and sunflower seeds and nut butters, things like that. And then healthy fats and oils are going to be things like avocado oil, olive oil, coconut oil, grass-fed butter and ghee, all of those good quality oils that you might use to put on a salad or to roast your veggies in. All of those fall under that fat category. 
And then when it comes to fiber, under that fiber umbrella, we've got non-starchy veggies. So all of the things we know that are good for us that we should be eating a lot of, like broccoli and Brussels sprouts and bell peppers and leafy greens, all of that is under um, those non-starchy veggies. And I know it's not like so not fun to talk about eating more vegetables, <laughs> but it's one of the like small things that you can do that makes a really big impact. Our body so thrives off of that off of those fresh nutrient dense foods. So, and then also starchy veggies, that's in, that those contain fiber. So that's going to be like sweet potatoes and squashes and pumpkin and yam. And then also um, grains like rice and quinoa, <clears throat> legumes and beans, lentils, and then also fruit. So all of those things fall under that fiber category. So you're looking at your meal and you're making sure like, oh, okay, I've got a piece of salmon on there. So I know I've got some protein and then I've got a salad. So I've got lots of non-starchy veggies and maybe I sprinkle some pumpkin seeds on there for some extra fat and a little bit of olive oil and then I also have a side of butternut squash on there too so then you've got you know you've got your fiber you know you've got your healthy fats and you know you've got your protein and then also just taking notice of kind of that fourth component there is color and I kind of call this like a beauty bonus for my clients because of all the amazing phytonutrients and minerals and vitamins that are in the different colors of the foods that we eat so all those different colors represent different nutrients so just it's kind of a fun way to look at it just trying to eat the rainbow every day like did I have something that had red in it did I have something that had green in it did I have something that you know that was orange and just making sure we're getting that full spectrum of color in with every meal and not just eating these meals of like you know chicken and potatoes and just this like white plate that doesn't contain all of those rich nutrients okay so seriously this happened in our family like a week ago I was making dinner <laughs> And I, I, I had kind of planned, like pre-planned the meals for the week, but kind of so not really. <laughs> and like, I kind of like figured different foods, but I didn't like put them together. And so it came time for dinner and I was just like putting different things together. And we had like fish and we had cauliflower with some Parmesan cheese melted on top of it. And I forget what else we had, but it was, everything was white. <laughs> and, and my kids looked at it and they were like, is this going to taste good? It, like, and it all like was very flavorful and it tasted great. But I was like, oh my gosh, I just served you an entire plate of white food. <laughs> it was crazy. It was very funny. It was very funny, funny, but yeah. It was, um, it was an interesting night. <laughs> yeah. So, and I think when you like, when you look at eating your food like this, like, oh, okay, these are the four kind of goals I'm trying to hit with every meal. It takes the focus off of like, well, well, gosh, what can I not have? And, you know, instead of kind of thinking the negative, like, you know, wah, wah, I can't have, <laughs> you know, whatever my favorite food is. And then also you're looking at, okay, well, it's pizza night, right? So, okay, I want to have pizza. So maybe you put one piece of pizza on your plate, but you're looking at your plate as a whole and you're like, okay, well, what if we order that pizza with chicken? On it. So I've got some good protein on there. And then what if with the other half of my plate, I put a bunch of salad and I put some olive oil on there and some lemon. So then, you know, you've got some veggies for fiber. You've got some healthy fat from the olive oil. And then you're still enjoying pizza night with your family, but you're not, you know, totally sabotaging all of your good intentions. This is great. And I, I love those different categories too. I've never really looked at it that way. So that's really, really awesome. So I know the other thing you talk a lot about and one of the tips you have for us is water and people always talk about water, but it's, 
I, I, I'm not good with this one. <laughs> so help me, help me, Lindsay, help me. Okay. I know it's so funny because this is not, I always put this tip in everything I talk about it and it's nothing new, right? We, every article oh, you read totally. about health and energy and it's all, you know, got to drink your water. So, but I, I mean, I have to bring it up because it's that important. And what we're really aiming for is half our body weight in ounces every day. So, you know, like if you, you know, you know how much you weigh, you know what your goal should be throughout the day. And it's something I have my clients focusing on all the time because it's such a small change that yields such big results. You know, if you want more energy, if you want to be able to think clear, if you want to have a better mood and just to feel better in your body, drinking water is like the first step. And it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't cost any more than anything you're doing right now. And it's something I'm always bringing my clients back to every single day. Did you get your water? In? Did you get your water? In? Because it makes that much of a difference. And I think that when you feel really good and hydrated, you're also a lot more likely to want to make other good food decisions. Because I don't know, like I know when I get like, if I'm just kind of sipping on coffee in the morning, and I kind of forget about my water, I just don't feel great. And then I don't make good decisions kind of in all areas of my life. So it's not like new and sexy and exciting to talk about water, but it's super important. And if you are able to just kind of evenly spread your water intake throughout the day also. So, you know, I tell my clients, put that glass of water on your bedside before you go to bed at night so that when you wake up, it's right there. It's not anything you have to go fill it up or think about it. It's right there. So you can start because we're dehydrated when we wake up. So you can start trying to trying to catch up from the moment that you wake up and then just have a water bottle with you all the time. If you, I know when I'm at my desk or when I'm with clients, if I have to get up and go get it, it's just too much of an inconvenience in the moment and I'm not thinking about it. But if I have that water bottle in my hand and it's in my car and it's, you know, on the table with me, then I'm constantly going to be sipping at it and easily hit that water goal throughout the day without having to, you know, like think that I have to chug a gallon of water at night before I go to bed. Yeah, totally. And I think, you know, you really just motivated me to add water back into my morning routine because it used to be a huge part of my morning routine and I got away from it. And as you were talking, I was like, that's why I struggle with getting my water in right now is because I do, I start with my coffee in the morning and have no water part of my morning routine. <laughs> and then it's, you know, coffee slowly turns into like, you know, getting ready for work and getting the kids ready for school and then getting to work. And then if I don't have it at my desk, like I won't get up and get it, even if I feel thirsty. And then when I do get up, it's because I want coffee or something else. So yeah. it does really take the back seat. So that was really motivating just to add it back into my morning routine. So thank you. You're welcome. And I always, you know, for, for a lot of my clients, when they first start working with me, weight loss is the main motivator, right? Oh, so sure. you just by drinking more water, your body uses more energy to convert that water in your body. So literally by just drinking more water, you burn more calories throughout the day. So but sometimes when I put it like that, people are like, okay, done. Like I can get that water in <laughs> if I'm thinking about it from a weight loss standpoint. And then they realize how much better they feel and then it's easier to adopt. But if that is enticing at all, then just think about it from that aspect. I love it. That's a good motivator right there. <laughs> so now, Lindsay, you always talk about things like you know, having that mindset of not excluding things from your diet, but there are three things that you say to avoid. So what are those things? Yes. And you know, when we start talking about things to avoid, I know my clients instantly start going into negotiation mode. They're like, well, now when you say avoid, you know, <laughs> 
80-20? Is this like a cheat food or a treat food? You know, what does that mean with moderation? You know, this might be a good time too to just kind of make a mention of moderation and what that looks like and just kind of a few steps for figuring out what that means for you. But when you're thinking about moderation, I think that there are a couple things just to consider. First is, you know, what are your goals and do you have a timeline? Because when I have clients that are, you know, they're like, I have this adorable dress that I want to wear on my anniversary trip in July. Well, we've got a timeline we're working with. So your moderation may look different than someone who says, I just want to feel better in, you know, in my regular jeans. Another thing to consider is what are your trigger foods? Because for a lot of people, they can have, you know, they could have three bites of cake at a wedding and then just kind of get right back on track and, and feel fine. But for some people, those three bites of cake at a wedding are going to spiral them out of control and they're not going to feel like they want to even make a healthy decision until Monday of the next week. So just kind of knowing, taking that moment to think like, okay, what are my trigger foods? And maybe moderation looks really different for those trigger foods than for something else. And then also just knowing, you know, how do you feel before and after you eat these foods that you know aren't great for you, but you would like to include every once in a while, like something like a donut. You know, how do you really feel before? Is it a Obsessive? Is it taking up your mind? Are you totally focused on it? Or are you going into that decision, you know, not feeling anxious and just knowing, hey, it's, you know, this is something I'm going to enjoy as a rare special treat. And then, and then you feel okay afterwards knowing, okay, I really enjoyed that. And now we're just, you know, back to the normal way that we live and, and make good decisions. And then also, I think when it comes to moderation and foods that we really like to eat and we don't want to say no to forever, but we know aren't the best for us is, you know, thinking, have you ever given your body a really intentional kind of three to four week reset from some of those foods? And I think that there's definitely a time and a place for everyone to take just a deliberate break from some of those sometimes foods because it allows our palate to reset. Um, it allows our body to kind of recalibrate our sensitivity to those foods. And it can be just a really good kind of mental check. Like, okay, I think that this is just a special occasion treat food. Food, but how much of it is it, you know, just from a Christian perspective, like how much control does this food have over my life? So even things like coffee, like I love coffee and I think coffee is fine for most people, but I take an intentional one month break from it every year just to kind of give myself a reset. So just a quick note on, <laughs> on the, you know, kind of moderation there. But the foods that I do recommend that people try to avoid for the most part are, of course, sugar and artificial sweeteners. And the artificial sweeteners are tricky because we often think like, well, it's a diet Coke, so it doesn't have any calories. But the, the negative side effects of those artificial sweeteners are super scary. Just oh, so scary. Um, yeah, it's really, it's really scary. So for sure, avoiding all sorts of artificial sweeteners and sugar. Absolutely. And if you're looking for a good, just rule of thumb for sugar, like, okay, well, is a little bit of honey in this? Okay. Or, you know, just kind of looking for a guideline. I recommend five grams of sugar or less per 100 calorie serving. So if you're oh, grabbing a granola bar and it's a 200 calorie granola bar, you'd like it to have 10 grams of sugar or less. And this applies to things that are using added sugar, not something like an apple, right? Because that's going to have like more than five grams of sugar, but it's all, it's included in the fruit. So anything that has an added sugar, if it's a sweetener like honey or, you know, maple syrup or whatever it is, or even just, you know, plain table sugar that's in something that you're eating, five grams per, five grams or less per 100 calorie serving. That is a really good like mental check. That's good. Yes. <laughs> and we all like, we kind of like rules like that, right? It just kind of oh, yeah. helps you to focus like, okay, rather than this more like ambiguous, like, oh, just try to eat less of it. Then it gives yeah, you. Yeah. Just limited, 
Limit it. Yes. Um, and then another thing that I like to see people avoid are is refined carbohydrates. So when grains are ground up and refined, they heavily impact our blood sugar in a different way. So they go, go from being like a whole real food to a processed food. So think we're eating less, um, you know, less breads, less pastas and more whole grains and whole carbohydrates like vegetables and quinoa and rice and steel cut oats and trying to get the majority of our carbohydrate consumption not from refined foods. And then the third thing that I really encourage my clients to avoid are hydrogenated oils and vegetable oils. So these are the fats that are not quote unquote healthy and healthy fats are really important for cell replication, for our brains, for anti-aging, for our skin. Good quality fats are super, super important for the way that our body is, is kind of building up and tearing back down. So if you are looking at your your ingredients, which you should be. If you see the word hydrogenated, you want to make sure that you stay away. And you also want to look to avoid um, things that have canola oil, soybean oil, and other seed oils like grapeseed oil, cottonseed oil. So all of those fats are highly oxidized and really damaging to our body when we consume them. So you just want to make sure that the, the fats and oils that are in your foods are things like olive oil, avocado oil, coconut oil, and other healthy fats like grass-fed butter and ghee. And it's so interesting because when you start really looking at the labels of things that you're eating, you know, like salad dressings and the mayonnaise in your fridge, even like the ketchup in your fridge, like there's sugar and those oils in everything. Yes. Like it, it gets really like, I did a, a 30 day reset and like you had to like really like avoid all of those things. And it, you realize like how much sugar you're eating, even if you don't even think you're eating any sugar and how yeah. much of those vegetable oils and hydrogenated oils are just like in everything. Yeah, they are. And the sugar thing, it's so, I mean, I have so many clients who like we start working together and they're like, I don't eat sugar. And then they move on to talking about something else. And I'm like, well, just, you know, tell me about the foods you do eat. And then we realize that they're, you know, unconsciously eating, you know, 30 grams of sugar a day without even thinking in their mind that they're having something sweet or having a treat. Yeah. I mean, like you think like, okay, I'm going to have a little bit of milk. Well, milk's got sugar. You know what I mean? Like everything is sugar in it. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. And then with the oils, you know, it's these seed oils are, they're really inexpensive to create and they are odorless and flavorless because they've been so heavily processed. So it makes sense that processed manufactured food companies use them because they don't alter the taste of the food, right? And they're super inexpensive. So, but if you are, you know, you start kind of being cognizant and aware and just reading the food labels, like my daughter loves, this is kind of funny, but she loves the little seaweed packets, like those little oh like, individual gosh, packets really? of seaweed. Yeah. She's, she, she thinks she's a mermaid. So she's like, mermaid, she's, seaweed. <laughs> she's five. Anyways. That's awesome. But, you know, and there are like, 10 different brands of those, right? And most of them are made with some of these bad oils. But if I just kind of keep turning the packages over and looking, oh, okay, here's one that is made with olive oil. So sometimes you just, you can still eat the, you know, the same foods, like with salad dressings, right? There are tons of really great salad dressings out there now that are made with avocado oil or with olive oil. You just have to be aware and reading those food labels and just keep investigating until you find the ones that are made with the good quality oils. Awesome. And this is why I love you because you educate us. So now we know and <laughs> we don't have any excuses. 
to be putting things in our body that make us feel horrible. So before we move on, I know you've got a couple other tips for us, but just to kind of revisit what you have shared so far, number one, really looking at everything on our plate. Number two, water, water, water. Yeah. (laughs) Really important. And number three is to avoid sugar, artificial sweeteners, which is so, so super scary. Refined carbohydrates, hydrogenated oils and vegetable oils. So you have two more tips to share with us, but before we get to those first, let's hear a word from our sponsor. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this interview with Lindsay and all of the great tips that she has to share. Now, I mentioned at the very beginning of the episode that she had a great resource for our Life Balance members, which is a meal plan, including everything that she is talking about with us today. So I hope that you check that out in the resources section. And if you're not yet a member of Life Balance membership, what are you waiting for? It is your resource for working Christian moms, equipping you with tons of resources just like this, as well as courses, Bible studies, and so much more. You can start your free seven-day trial by going to Life Balance Membership today. After that, it's just $9.99 a month. And there's other options for you to choose from as well. So if you are looking to cut the crazy, cut the chaos, and start putting balance back into your life, join Life Balance Membership today. All right, now let's get back to my interview with Lindsay. All right, you guys, we are talking today with Lindsay Young, and she is sharing with us some really great practical tips on how we can make healthy eating part of our everyday life, not just when we want to look great in our spring and summer clothes and lose weight and all of that. So we really want it to be part of our balanced everyday life. So Lindsay, you've already shared some really great tips with us, and I know you've got a couple more. So what else do you have for us? Yes. So my next tip is to really concentrate on eating real food. And the first step in this is to start looking at ingredient labels and just be more aware of what you're putting into your body. I think that just taking that moment to kind of educate yourself. And even if you're eating something that isn't necessarily, you know, in alignment with your values or that perfect food that you want to be eating, at least you're aware, at least you know, when you take that moment to look at the food labels, kind of what we were talking about earlier, you get to make that decision. Oh, okay, well, I still want to buy this cereal, but maybe how could I look to eat, grab one that is made with more whole real food ingredients instead of this one that's more refined. And, you know, this kind of level of moderation, it looks different for everyone. So basically, Maybe stepping your way to getting just more and more of your diet real food based. For me, I know it was helpful when I was changing the way that I was eating is I just kind of focused every month on getting a little bit better. Like I would just kind of tackle one area and say, okay, like I know that some of these other things aren't ideal, but I also know that I can only take on so much. So, you know, how can I do just a little bit better next month and a little bit better next month? And just looking at your plate and saying, okay, how can I make this just 10% better? How could I make this just a little bit more real, a little bit more from nature instead of some of these processed foods? That's so good. And one of the things that I think is so important about that, like a little baby step piece is, you know, sometimes people tell you like, go through your pantry and, you know, throw everything away and buy all new stuff. And it all feels so drastic. And it, and it kind of, I think feeds into that all or nothing feeling. So I love that 10% tip. 
Yeah. And I'm always taking an honest look at, you know, my day or my week or, you know, kind of what's currently going on in our life. Like right now we've got, you know, we've transitioned from soccer season to baseball season and baseball games are like three hours long. So our week looks a little bit different when you throw a couple of those in. So just kind of deciding what are my true limitations and what am I just using as an excuse and how can I hold myself to a high standard, but also give myself a little bit of grace. So, you know, for example, like I, I always buy boxes of like pre-cut pre-washed lettuce and I always buy pre-made primal kitchen salad dressing and I know I mean people say like it doesn't take that much time to wash your lettuce or to you know it only takes two minutes to make a salad dressing and and I know that but just those shortcuts in my life it makes it so that I get greens in every day and I don't think of it as oh gosh I just I wish I could make my own salad dressing and you know I'd be a better nutritionist if I made my own salad dressing (laughs) I just think okay these are our real limitations and this is how I am making sure I'm still getting those greens in without having to take those couple extra minutes to wash them myself. Um, But if I'm being intentional about my, you know, about my weekly prep and all the things that you talk about, right? Like going into each week, looking at your calendar, having a plan, then something like having a late night baseball game, it doesn't sneak up on me because I know it's there. I know it's coming and it's, you know, I can't use the excuse of, oh gosh, I didn't realize we were going to be out till seven. So you know, oh, looks like we're going through the drive through You know, if, if I'm going into the week with intention and with a plan, then I know, oh, okay, so I'm grabbing a rotisserie chicken from Sprouts and we've got that in the refrigerator. So when we get home, I can just easily, you know, take that and heat it up in just the same amount of time that it would have taken to actually go through a drive through <laughs> So I think it's just important to find that sweet spot of holding yourself to high standards, but then also giving yourself some grace and figuring out how you can make it actually happen for your family. I love that because it really goes right along with that all or nothing thinking where we feel like if we're going to do it, then we, we should be making our own salad dressing or we should, you know, I've been guilty of that lately. Like, okay, well, if I'm going to like make some healthy choices, I have to make the absolute best, healthiest choice possible of buying the organic head of all the different kinds of lettuces and putting them (laughs) up and mixing them together. And you know what I mean? But so I love that you kind of give us this permission to pick the healthy route, but the easy healthy route that kind of fits into our life. Yeah. And there may be a time for me when I do think it's a high priority to make my own salad dressing and, you know, but that's, it's just not today. It's not where I'm at right now. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. I like that. All right. So last tip that you have for us. Yes, last tip. And this, this one I'm so well known for within my clients because they, they think I'm such a weirdo for talking about this all the time, but it is to chew your food. And this, again, similar to the water, like this is something that doesn't cost anything. You don't have to go out and buy a fancy supplement or get to a health food store, but it can make such a huge impact in the way that you feel right now, like starting with your next meal. And I know that when I, you know, when I was growing up, no one ever talked to me about chewing your food or how many times you should chew your food or what your food should taste, you know, should feel like in your mouth before you swallow. But our intestines do not have teeth and digestion starts in your mouth. When you put that piece of food in your mouth, you start secreting these digestive enzymes. Your tongue is, you know, feeling out what the, the makeup is of the food that you're eating, how, you know, how much of it is fat, how much of it is protein, how much of it is carbs, because your body, your intestines are going to release these digestive enzymes to digest the different macronutrients that you're eating. And if we are, and I know I'm so guilty of this as a busy working mom, you know, choo, 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 swallow, you know, take a sip of water to wash it down. 
down, we are putting such a heavy burden on our digestive tract and that leads to bloating and gas and inflammation. And then you're not able to fully absorb the nutrients, right? You're making these healthy choices and eating all this healthy food, but your body's not able to really break down and absorb those nutrients because you're not chewing your food thoroughly. So, and this is, I mean, this takes a little bit, I mean, a lot of practice and a little bit of intention going into every meal and just putting your fork down and chewing. And when I say chew, I mean like 20, 30, 40, even maybe oh my gosh. chews per bite, which sounds crazy. But when you try it, I mean, it's amazing how the flavor of your food changes, right? Like if you chew an almond 30 times, it totally changes the taste of that food. And you realize, oh my gosh, this is like, this is actually mush. Like this is kind of turned to baby food. And that's <laughs> what your intestines are really designed to, to digest. So it's so, it, this tip is so weird, but it's so impactful and it makes such a difference. And I know I work with a lot of clients who they're like, oh my gosh, like my stomach hurts after I eat and I've got all this bloating and gas. And well, yeah, it could definitely be the food choices you're making, but what are, are, are you chewing your food before you swallow and sometimes we get so caught up and like oh I can't eat dairy or I can't eat grains or but it, it doesn't matter what the food is that you're eating if you're not chewing it so it's pretty crazy you know just I've seen such an amazing increase with some of my clients in their energy and in their digestion like whether they're constipated or not all just coming from chewing your food and just taking that moment too I think to slow down like this is I mean this is a podcast for for busy working Christian moms right like we've got so much on our plate. So just being intentional about putting our fork down and chewing our food. And it brings us into this more mindful place too, with our food and, and eating and just kind of forces you to kind of whew, take a step back during your mealtime. And, and that, that connection with your food too, the downstream effects of that are huge. Just, you know, a lot of times if we stop and chew our food, we realize that, you know, maybe we're eating 20% more than we actually need to eat or we are just kind of shoveling the food into our mouth and not give, allowing our stomach to send those signals to our brain that say, hey, like I've actually had enough. So yeah, so I know this tip is weird, but it's so powerful. It is a weird tip. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it, you know, because you think about like healthy eating and like all of the other things that you shared. I'm like, yeah, yeah. It's a great reminder. It makes sense. I've heard that before. And, or that's, you know, it's great. And then there's this one where it's like, chew your food. And it's like, wait, what? Because, you know, growing up, I was always told chew your food, but it was more like out of being polite and mm -hmm. manners, not to just like gobble down your food. But the way that you're describing it and really talking about like the way that it, it works and our, the way that our, our bodies work. God is so amazing the way he builds that, that our tongue like helps to figure out what is in our mouth so that our body can be ready to digest it. Like it's incredible to learn just why that's important and how it's important. And I think it'd be kind of like a fun thing to do even with your kids during dinner to like, okay, let's count our bites. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I, I can only imagine once you get to 20, you're like, oh my gosh, is this yeah. done? Yeah. That's incredible. I'm going to try this. I'm excited to go and eat an almond and see how it tastes different. <laughs> I hope if you're listening to this podcast right now, I hope that you will do this. The next thing you put in your mouth that you count 20 times and see yes. if it changes and let us know. Yes. And up to 52. I mean, 50 is 50. really, yeah, it's, it's just, just try it. Just try it. And see what you think. <laughs> <laughs> Everything sounds crazy until you do it, right? Exactly. <laughs>
I love it. Well, these have been such great tips, Lindsay. Thank you so much for coming on and just educating us and pouring so much wisdom into us so that we can really be the very best that we can be in the way that God designed us. Now, I know you have a Bible verse for us too as well, correct? Oh, yes, I do. So I wanted to share Philippians 1, 9 through 11. And so this is Paul writing to the Philippians. um, And this is kind of the opening section of his letter to them. And he says, and this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. And I know when I've read that verse in the past and just kind of, you know, kind of quickly run through it, I've been given the impression that Paul is primarily concerned about knowledge. And When I just fit in February, I read this book by James K.A. Smith called You Are What You Love, and it's about the spiritual power of habit. And when he talked about this verse in the book, he pointed out that, in fact, Paul's prayer is actually the inverse of that, which I originally thought, like, just focused on the knowledge, the education part. And that is that he prays that their love might abound more and more because in some sense, love is the condition for knowledge. And it's not that I know in order to love, but rather I love in order to know. So Paul's kind of telling us that the place to start is by attending to our loves. If we're going to discern, you know, what is best, what is of ultimate importance in our lives. And, you know, when I was reading this, I was I was just like, whoa, like I had took this big step back and I was thinking about how, you know, so much of the work that I do with women is educational, right? Like the practical tips we're talking about today, the, you know, don't eat hydrogenated oils, choose healthy fats instead. But, you know, I, so much of the work that I do is that education, but then there's also this huge piece of like, how many times do we know what we're supposed to be doing? And we're not, right? Like we all know that ordering the salad would be better than getting the French fries, right? So I'm like, what is it? You know, I've spent so much time trying to figure out like, what is it? Like, why do we know? Why do we have the education? But we don't put that into practice. And so when James K.A. Smith, you know, he was talking about what if instead of starting from the assumption that human beings are thinking things and that it's all about the knowledge and all about the education, what if we started from the conviction that human beings are first and foremost lovers? So what if we're defined not by what we know, but by what we desire? And what if the center and seat of the human person is not found like, you know, in our intellect, but in the gut level regions of our heart. And as I'm, you know, doing this over, I like my mind was just blown. And I think it's such a challenging way to, to just kind of look at our lives and thinking about not just, you know, we're not just educational beings. It's not just if I say, you know, chew your food 50 times, then all of a sudden you're going to go out and do it. Like, what are the motives? What's at your heart? What's at your desires? And how does that then translate into the habits that we form? So that's kind of, (laughs) maybe when you... I, I know. And maybe when you ask like, what's new in my life, maybe I should have said that because I've just been like stewing over that again and again and again and thinking like, oh my gosh, like how do we transform? How do we, how do we shift away from this education to really helping people put things into practice by targeting, you know, our desires and our loves. So. Oh yeah, my so gosh. I have. <laughs> that is so brilliant. I love that. So I, what is the name of the book again? You are what you love. It's called you are what you love. It's by James K.A. Smith. And it's about the spiritual power of habit. It's one of the best books I've read in a long time. I'm totally going to get that. (laughs) Right now I'm redoing a lot of the courses inside Life Balance Membership. So this would be a great thing for me to stew on as well as I'm recreating those. That's amazing. Thank you so much, Lindsay. You're so welcome. 
Oh, that was such a blessing for me today. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I love having you on the show. Thank you again for all of the wisdom and the love that you poured out to us just in, in everything that you do. I, I highly encourage everyone, again, if you're not yet following Lindsay on Instagram or you're not getting her emails, you definitely need to sign up. And if you follow her on Instagram, there's an easy way that you can sign up for her emails right there as well. And if people want to work with you or they just want to learn more about you, where can they do that? Yeah. So like you said, Instagram is a great way to get a hold of me. I've got in my bio there, I've got links to, you know, to have a consult or to join my Facebook group. We've got a really great Facebook group. Um, it's called Busy Ladies Live Well. And we're really um, working on some of that formation and those daily habits and how we translate those, you know, our loves and desires and that aspect into our long-term goals. And yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of all over the place. So I would love, love, love everyone to join the Facebook group. And then, yeah, come say hi to me over on Instagram. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much again, Lindsay. It was a pleasure to have you on the show. We love having you and we hope to have you back again very, very soon. Thank you, Jenny. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, you guys, seriously, Lindsay has so many great tips to share and she's so knowledgeable. I could literally just talk to her for hours and hours and hours. Such great stuff. You know, we always say that knowledge is power. And once you have it, like you can't turn back. Now you know. So when you know, you have to do better, right? And I hope that you feel equipped with the tools that she provided for you so that you can do that right away. Just start chewing your food more, drink more water, all of the great things that she shared. I know that that was a very surprising tip that I will be implementing it right away in the very next thing that goes in my mouth. And if you're getting value from this podcast, just like today from Lindsay, then I hope that you share it with a friend. Leave us a review on iTunes. It really does help other people find our show. And that is truly our mission is to help more working Christian moms realize that their life rocks, that life balance is possible when we put God first and foremost in front of everything in our life. And of course, I want to thank our sponsor, which is Life Balance Membership, which is really our Life Balance members. Thank you so much for being a member and supporting the show, supporting our message and investing in yourself so that you can truly be the very best mom, the very best employee, the very best wife, everything as you work to create more balance in your life and put God first. Now, we have more great stuff coming for you in upcoming shows, so I hope that you hit subscribe if you haven't done so already because we've got some really great things. Next week, we are going to be talking all about what an ideal week looks like. I'll be walking you through an exercise on creating an ideal week for yourself, and just like everything we talk about here, it's definitely not about perfection, but it is definitely about taming all of that chaos that happens in our lives. So hit subscribe so you do not miss out on that upcoming show. And until then, keep building a life that rocks. Bye.